Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where and when you're listening to this. Welcome to the first introductory inaugural episode of the Jake Lloyd Report. This show is, I expect it to be primarily a weekday show in the mornings, but the the wonderful thing about podcasts is that unlike radio, you can download the podcasts and listen to them at your leisure. So that's the plan, but I wanted to go ahead and do a podcast today to go ahead and get the ball rolling, go ahead and get myself to commit. And I can also give you a little bit of a background and a taste of what the show is going to be like. So I take a lot of look at a lot of looks at the geopolitics, the things going on in the world, domestic policy, basically anything to do with politics, culture, religion, or worldview. And I like to take the big headlines and kind of dissect them a little bit, give you some of the backstory maybe, maybe depending on what it is, maybe not, um, and tell you how the details fit together and, and make a bigger picture. Because that's kind of an important thing. So basically what I'll be doing on this show is is giving you the information that's important in order to operate as an informed individual in the in America, the Western world, and, in, and, and globally, really. Um, of course, what I talk about is going to be mostly relevant to those of us in the West. And that is the focus of my show. That's the focus of my career, really, is restoring the Western world, at least playing my part in restoring the Western world, spreading the fire of human liberty. One might say, if you get that reference, then I commend you. So... Anyways, just starting off, I make a lot of predictions. You can find my predictions on Twitter.com, at VeryJakeNews. I'm also on InfoWars. I have a playlist on there called Jake Lloyd Reports. And there will be more shows. There's going to be a YouTube streaming show coming along. But anyways, getting that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about probably the biggest story right now in, in our news cycle, at least. And that is the North Korean peace talks, or the lack of of peace talks. So, a lot of people freaked out because Trump sent this letter to North Korea saying, hey, regrettably, we're going to have to cancel this because of your hostile rhetoric. And they jumped. They leapt at the opportunity to say, oh, look at look at Trump. He's done it again. He's ruined. He's ruined the North Korean peace talks. See, look what an idiot this guy is. LOL. Um... But the real idiots, the real idiots are the ones that, that, that can't see more than two seconds into the future. Because Trump lays all of this out. You can see it in his former tweets. He says, the best deals are the ones that you are able to walk away from. You walk away from them, and then you come back, and you get an even better deal than before. There's that. There is the art of the deal, which he wrote and, and basically told the world how he makes deals, and for some reason, journalists, journalists, we love journalists so much, don't we, folks? Journalists are just the best people. They're not at all terrible uh, destroyers of our nation. Journalists are wonderful, so journalists don't take a look at the book written by the President of the United States. Most of them have not read it. I can guarantee that, at least I hope so. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and expect that they haven't read it, because if they have read it, if they have read The Art of the Deal, then they know how he operates, and they're just lying. They're just lying to you, and they're lying to me, and they're lying to the whole world, but that's not a surprise. We all know the journalists lie. So, anyways, 
there was been there have been a lot of talks about oh look at how amazing President Trump is he's going to bring peace to the Korean Peninsula for the first time in seventy whatever years and you know some people are like we should give him the Nobel Peace Prize and then they were just looking for an excuse to to take that victory away from him to just say no look at him he's stupid he can't do something like this so what happens is Trump. Here's that the Koreans are the North Koreans that is are are having a little bit of a of a time over there being a little bit hostile. They meet with China for a second time and they come out of it and they're talking in a more hostile manner than they were before. And and of course this is not okay. This is not okay in a negotiation. This is part of the problem that we had with the Obama administration was that they were weak. You know, leaders could do anything, they could say anything they want. And Trump is merely displaying that if we're going to talk, we're happy to talk with you about peace. We're happy to agree on something. If you get rid of your nukes and we maybe don't be so aggressive to you after that, then hey, we would love to agree on that. But in the meantime, you're not going to punk us out. You're not going to keep on talking about, oh, we will destroy America in nuclear fire. And that's that's how you get Trump saying things like, oh, I have a bigger red button and, and you know, fire and fury and all of that business. So you can't do that. And that's what Trump is signaling to the North Koreans. He's saying that's not going to fly. However, if you would like to tone down your rhetoric, we would love to resume our talks. We would love to meet up with you and get this whole thing figured out. And what do you know? What do you know? Because today in the Wall Street Journal... Kim Jong-un, this is the headline, Kim Jong-un, South Korea's moon, meet amid uncertainty over U.S. summit. And basically, they meet, uh, let's see, they held a surprise meeting at the demilitarized zone, the DMZ, Saturday, aimed at keeping inter-Korean relations in a possible summit between Mr. Kim and President Donald Trump on track. And it's so funny. It is so funny because... You know, it was maybe six months ago that President Trump was tweeting about the Big Red Button, Little Rocket Man. He was talking about fire and fury, the likes of which the world has never known. And the left, the journalists were like, oh, oh my gosh, he's going to destroy the nation. He's going to destroy the world. He's going to cause a nuclear war. Oh, no. And, of course, that didn't happen because... Kim came to talks, and he was like, hey, you know, maybe we should, uh, and, and I don't mean physical talks yet, obviously, but, I mean, Mike Pompeo met with him, so it clearly worked. And then they said, oh, this is the left, the lefty journalists. They say, oh, it wasn't President Trump. It was, it was Prime Minister Moon Jae-in's sunshine policy, and that's a reference uh, talking about how he's, oh, you just, you just be nice to them, and you, you talk pleasantly, and you show them how much better it would be if you, just, if you were just friendly to each other and talked it out. And of course, this is an overgeneralization, but you understand. And then the second that this, these sunshine talks really start happening, and, and Moon Jae-in suggests that they, uh, it's called reciprocity and synchronicity, basically the idea that Okay, Kim Jong-un destroys a nuke site, and we roll back this sanction, and then he sets free some hostages, and then we, um, I don't know, we, we, we give them maybe some money that we seize from them on the international stage, uh, which is something we do with rogue nations and sanctions and stuff. So anyways, it's, it's, 
you know, reciprocal, meaning like one for one, and it's, synchro- and it's synchronized, meaning that it's, it happens at the same time. It's not just like, okay, well, if you give in completely, then we will back off completely. And, and truthfully, that's the only way that you can do things. You can't do it piece by piece. So, anyways, Moon Jae-in suggests the reciprocity and synchronicity thing, and, and Kim Jong-un is like, oh, that sounds good to me, because, you know, I can kind of play the system. They start being rude, again, you could say rude, to say the least. They start acting this way, so Trump has to send a message, no, 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 I'm the big boy, I'm going to daddy you. Trump is, is, is daddying the situation with North Korea, he's saying, no, 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 no. You're going to behave. If you want to sit at the big boys' table with the United States and Europe and the rest of the civilized world, at least civilized for the time being, that's a subject for a different podcast, um, if you want to have a seat with us, then you need to take it easy, big guy. You need to quiet down. You need to remember your place. We have a nuclear arsenal that's much bigger, he said in the letter, and I pray to God. I pray to God that it never has to be used. And that's good. We don't want to use it, but it is there in case it needs to be used. So, after the letter, they say, ha, 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 he ruined it. He destroyed it. And and really what they think is that they think that Kim was going to pull out and that Trump is trying to save face and say, no, ha, ha, I sabotaged the meeting. That's not it. You have to be a really... If you now, if just at face value, it might seem like that, okay. But if you're if you're a person who's paid to dig into the news and find the real story, and yes, I'm talking about. I did not intend for this episode to be like journalist bash fest, but it just is. It is because most journalists are awful, and that's coming from somebody who works in this business. Um, I wouldn't call myself a journalist, but I do work in the business, so I have met a lot of journalists. Most of the bad ones are on the left. It's just a coincidence i'm sure um but anyways anyways if your job is to dig into this stuff to tell the real story to find out what's going on to be two steps ahead of the news boom boom and you can't see this you're either a liar and you're a terrible person and you should be fired um or you're just really really dumb you're a really really low iq person Now, of course, this is no good. We don't want to be informed by low IQ people. We also don't want to be informed by liars. Uh, So, I mean, which is, it's just so good that that we've we've exposed what fake news is. They came up with this term and then Trump turned it back around on them. So, anyways, we can thank God for that later. Just the fact that journalists are now accepted. I mean, people don't trust journalists. Their approval ratings are basically what Congress's approval rating is. And it's, I mean, it's just absolutely abysmal. Anyways, getting back to North Korea. I've gotten off track a little bit here and there, but getting back to North Korea, it seems like North Korea is signaling that they are back in, they're back on board, and they're saying, hey, look, um, you know, if, if you are interested, we are willing to uh, meet with you still. And, and they're being very polite. Of course, they're not saying, yeah, we were wrong, we should have chilled out. They're just being polite. They're proving that they're being polite. They don't need to say anything. They're saying, hey, we got the message. Message received. 10-4 on that one, big guy. We would still like to meet with you. If possible, please let us know. Thank you very much. And, and of course, there will be a meeting. There will be a meeting. I would expect that um, 
North Korea will be denuclearized completely. And I mean, this isn't something that I've pulled out of thin air. Like we see that it's already happening on some level and it will happen in totality or there will not be a deal. One of the things, if you have followed me in my other endeavors, you've seen that I predicted um, a few different things about this whole North Korea thing. Um, the what you're seeing here, follow closely with what is happening in these Korean and uh, I would I was about to call them um, let's just call them the the negotiations, okay? In these negotiations, because that's what it is. Even though it's you know oh it's just a letter to them. No, it's part of the negotiation tactics. So what you see as we go through these negotiations with North Korea is what you should expect to see in Iran. I predicted this before before any of this stuff happened. You know, oh, we pulled out of the Iran deal. Oh my gosh, the world's going to fall apart. Um, before we even did that, I mean, of course, it was on the table. Trump signaled in the campaign that he was going to pull out of it. He promised he would. So it's no secret that we were pulling out. But what I predicted and what has been... Um, on display is that Trump will deal with, you know, first he's going to resolve this North Korea thing. We're on the, I would say on the middle end of that progress, uh, that process, excuse me. And we are at the very beginning of the process that will be happening with the United States and Iran. Because what is, ha you know, obviously tensions have increased a little bit. I mean, you know, nothing's really changed for us here in the U.S., but you can see that the same process is taking place over there in the Middle East because we're going to see in increased tensions, heightened, heightened uh, rhetoric and intensity uh, leading up to a negotiation, a deal, a better deal. Trump signaled in an article, or excuse me, it was, I read it in an article, but it was at a press conference that maybe we can get rid of this deal. This was when he was meeting with uh, French President Macron. Maybe we can get rid of this deal and we can get a better one that will solve the bigger overarching problems in the Middle East. And you can see this. You can see that this is the case because, the, like I said, the tensions and the, the rhetoric will increase. It will become more intense. And what we will see is a deal, like Trump signaled, a deal that will... Um, Encompass the entire Middle East. It will wrap up Saudi Arabia. It'll wrap up the Palestinian conflict. It'll wrap up uh, Iran. All of these different things. Because there's, there's a much deeper issue. President Obama did not really understand this. Maybe he did. Maybe he just wanted uh, the quick fix for his legacy. Because that was the only thing he was concerned about. But he didn't understand it. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He didn't understand it, and he just wanted to say, okay, we'll just appease this Iranian leader, and you know they'll stop threatening to nuke us. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into whether or not the Iran deal was good or bad for the United States right now. It's more complex than just a yes or no. There was some good things, some bad things, some very good things, and some very bad things. More on the bad side in certain regions. But anyways, that's beside the point. He just wanted to appease the one guy. In reality, the tensions in the Middle East are related to um, a lot of ties. It's primarily religious, semi-cultural, and then a little bit political. It's primarily based on the tensions between the Sunnis and the Shias. The Shiites, I guess I should say. The Sunnis and the Shiites. 
And then, so they have their own tension within Islam, and then all of Islam has tension with Israel. And that's because Israel has a bad habit of meddling in everybody's business. They get in, they, they do, every, you know, and, and you see this, you see this when Netanyahu gives his big presentation, oh, Iran lied. Iran lied. We need to bomb Iran because they lied to us and they have all of their nuclear weapons and they will bomb Israel at any moment. They will destroy Israel at any moment just because they hate the Jews. It is anti-Semitism. Um, that was not an excellent accent, so I apologize. But you understand the point. You understand the, the meaning behind the hokey accents. Well, you see, Netanyahu did the exact same thing with Iraq in 2002. You remember, you may remember the Iraq war. It was a 15-year-long conflict give or probably give a couple years it was a 15 year long conflict at least and it uh no actually it would just be 15 um just did the math in my head very smart like that um and netanyahu went in front of congress and he said hey look they've got wmds they've got all these things they're gassing their own citizens they're killing people and then of course we got the babies and incubators well that was actually in the gulf war forgive me i'm confusing my my Middle Eastern, my Middle Eastern uh, wars for money. I'm confusing the profiteering we've done on the timeline. But anyways, you get the point. So Israel has these tendencies, you could call them, to get involved. Uh, and we will go into eventually the neocon, the neocon part in all of this, how all of this goes on. But the tensions, the point of what I'm saying right now is the tensions are very tight primarily because of religious and cultural reasons in the Middle East. And really, it's just like, you know, if we could just tell Israel, stop, hey, get, you know, get, out of, get out of everybody else's business. And then Iran, like, hey, just look, promise us that you won't bomb Israel. And then if we went to Saudi Arabia and we're like, hey, we need you to, well, Iran and Saudi Arabia, we need you to put pressure on the Palestinians to stop trying to, like, stop launching rockets into Israel. And Israel, if you could stop launching rockets back at, at, at Palestine and Saudi Arabia. Stop, stop funding terrorism against like everybody else in the world, please. Can you guys please do this? If we can all just do these things, these simple requests right now, then we could have a, some resemblance of peace in the Middle East. That is possible. So that's kind of the gist of what's going on in the Middle East right now and how it relates back to North Korea. Because they, you know, you wouldn't think that East Asia, the Korean Peninsula, and the Middle East, you wouldn't think that they had much in common, but they do because President Trump will be using the same strategy that he used in North Korea in order to bring peace in Iran and probably in the Middle East at large. Now, I should clarify, of course, it's not going to be exactly the same. It will be the same general approach, but it will not, you know, obviously there's different players, there's different tools, there's different roadblocks and obstacles that we have to overcome. You know, a big portion of how we got North Korea to the table was, you know, we used China. We said, hey, China, look, you know, and we, we basically negotiated with them using for, force or power. And I don't mean force like military, I mean force like saying, hey, you know, flexing our muscle, basically, our economic muscle, saying, hey, you need to get your boy North Korea in line there. Get your boy Kim Jong-un in line. 
And so they they had a part to play in that. And then we also, you know, just using rhetoric and, and oddly enough, uh, the president's personal Twitter account, we were able to bring North Korea in line. Now, of course, what you'll probably see in Iran is is us getting together with Russia because the Middle East is basically carved up by interest, and it's American interests primarily versus Russian interests. You know, Russia is allied with Syria and Iran, for example, and Turkey as well. We're allied with Israel, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, etc. So what I expect is that we're going to get together with good old Vlad, Vladimir Putin in Russia, and we're going to say, hey, pal, look... We, you know, we've kind of gotten tired of what's going on over there. I'm sure you're kind of tired of it too. You know, we kind of keep bombing your allies. I'm sorry, but hey, let's try to fix this. And what you can expect is that Russia and the United States will both, you know, will both leverage our power over our allies to bring these countries to the table. You already see this happening on some level between the U.S. is allies because, I mean, obviously Saudi Arabia and Israel are not best buds. They do have some shared interests like, you know, destroying Iran, which we can hopefully prevent. But, I apologize, I've got the sniffles. Um, so anyways, we've seen some cooperation already because Saudi Arabia has signaled to Palestine that, hey, the jig is up. It's time. If you want to walk towards the, uh, the modern world with us, then it is time to... Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. I greatly apologize for that. That sneeze came out of nowhere, and then it took longer to come out. It was so... I mean, it really, really got me there. I mean, that was a very tactically efficient sneeze, I have to say. Anyways, we're good now. We're back in the game. Well, we were talking about Saudi Arabia and Israel. Saudi Arabia has basically signaled that, hey, we need Palestine to quit playing around. They actually attended a conference with Israel in attendance and no Palestine, no Palestinian authority. And that's fairly unprecedented. So it's kind of sending a message like, hey, we're done waiting around on you. We're done letting you hold us back. In this thing, and now don't get me wrong, Saudi Arabia is not suddenly the icon of progressivism. Not that we like progressivism anyway, but you get the point. So, and in return, Saudi Arabia needs us to to kind of back the the regime that's take, coming into power. They've done some purges. They're kind of trying to reform, you know, whether or not... They're reforming. We don't know if the reform is for good, but they are reforming in some form or fashion. And they want our backing, the White House backing, in those times of turbulence. They're getting pretty turbulent right now. I don't know. We might have to take a look at that. Um, but they are. They want our backing during these reforms. So the reason that they're willing to talk to these Palestinians and say these things is because Jared Kushner is very friendly with Israel. He is Jewish. He is um, very, very fond of Benjamin Netanyahu. So he basically uses his influence in the White House to so that we support the Saudi Arabian crown prince. Not that we wouldn't have anyways. Who really knows? I mean, for some reason, our government loves the Saudis. 
Again, that's another topic for another podcast. So, all that being said, that is why the Saudis are working in Israel's interest, because it's also their interest at this point. And we will see this, not just within our own Middle Eastern allies, but within the entire Middle East, whenever we get Russia involved. That is what I expect will happen. So, you can expect that this North Korea thing, you might see some more people pulling in and pulling out of these talks, some more power plays, some more flexing of muscles, more of the art of the deal by our president, Donald Trump. And then that's the, that's the 25-meter target. The 50-meter target is getting to business with Iran and the rest of the Middle East, and I can expect that we will see that fairly soon. But anyways, I hope that that has been a a good synopsis of one of the bigger stories in our news cycle right now, North Korea. And then I also, you might not have, you didn't expect it. Maybe you did because I'm probably going to title it something with North Korea and Iran. But you wouldn't have expected it. But then I wrapped Iran and the Middle East in there. So that is what you can expect in the podcasts to come, in the episodes to come. Of course, it will be a little bit more organized. I really just sat down to do this one right now. But uh, in the future, it will have a little bit more structure, probably be a little bit more coherent, and it won't have the annoying, boring introduction stuff that came at the beginning of this one. We will be able to get right into the news, just straight for it, cutting to the heart of the issues rather than me giving you info about who I am. If you want more info, follow me at News to get all of my hot takes, all of my predictions, all of my info, my bio, where else you can find me because you can find me at InfoWars and I will be starting a web show out of my own house very soon. So follow me on Twitter at News to find out all of that information, hot info. All right, well, this has been the Jake Lloyd Report, the inaugural episode, the introductory episode, the virgin voyage, if you will. We will be back, I don't know about Monday, maybe Monday, we might be able to fit in an episode on Monday, but it is Memorial Day, so what you can expect is that I will be back on Tuesday, at the latest. My name is Jake Lloyd, like I said, follow me on Twitter at VeryJakeNews, and I need to find a way to sign off, I need to find a classy tagline, but for now, I've always used the tagline, Save the West, so for now, go out there and save the West. And if you need to know how to save the West, look up my YouTube channel, Jake Lloyd, on YouTube. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with the shameless plugging. I'm done. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go on with the rest of your day, but go on, go forth, retain this knowledge, do some research, tell all your high IQ friends that this podcast is now a thing, and it's wonderful and amazing, and I would very much look forward to seeing you and all your friends and family on the next podcast, even though neither of us can actually see each other, because it's not a pod, it's not a video, it's a podcast. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, I'm Jake Lloyd.